Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Thursday, January 18th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, how you doing? How was your Tuesday? It doesn't matter how my Tuesday was, uh, because MSP stands for Matt Moody Sunrun Podcast, and we're not going to talk about my miserable lineup or my bets that didn't all get there. It was like four or six. Who cares? Matt, talk. How'd it go? Congratulations. You've done it. You're a superstar. You're 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 a hero. You've saved yes. the city, Matt. You saved it. I'm, Just go go I'm do your thing. Out of I'm out of the woods. Uh, there's way too much money later. I finally have another uh, seat in the Fantasy Hockey World Championship. Uh, my first one in you know since since the 2022 when I had the max entries. So uh, went over in the 2023 season, and now here for the 2024 contest. Uh, certainly you know, reduced volume uh, relative to last season, but it uh, feels good to be back on the board, you know? So um, I qualified for the contest by winning the 432, beat a field of 68 people with a uh, admittedly not that great lineup. You know, uh, it finished 48th out of 1,001 lineups in the 111, like that flagship contest. Um, so certainly got very lucky. It was absolutely one hell of a sweat. You can attest to that, attest to that because, you know, oh, I, yeah. I had a suspicion you were, um, because you know, you were sweating along with me basically. Um, yeah. but you know, uh, it, it was obviously ended up really good, but, uh, it was very painful. I thought several times I was done for. And honestly, again, it was, it was extremely lucky that the score I put up managed to hold on, um, just to wit, like how random of like a winning lineup I had. The lineup that won the 111 obviously finished 47 spots higher than me in that contest, but also shared zero of the same players with me. Like, you know, my team was good, clearly, but like, you know, I didn't have any of the need to have pieces on Ottawa. Um, In fact, I played the goalie against Ottawa. And so like, you know, it's just one of those things where um, got got really fortunate, um, but I wrote up the slate for my newsletter. Um, I highly encourage anyone to go read it. It's in the description of the show. Uh, also, if you subscribe, it'll be in your inbox. It's on my Twitter, so on and so on. So um, that's certainly something that I recommend you do because you know I I spent a lot of time like actually thinking through the slate and actually like writing about it afterward, of course. Um, but there's really a lot there more than I can cover on this podcast while being on track for an 11 game slate on Thursday. Yeah, no, congratulations. I was sweating it out and it was definitely a reversal of roles where normally I'm texting you 
like, I hate my life. This player sucks. I lose. You are literally like, well, it's a formality now that I've lost. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I mean, it's not done. And and yeah, I, I felt like I felt like I was the only one that believed in you. So you know, it was it was really cool, though. So congratulations. Um, I, I, I it's funny. I read your message in the discord about it. And I was like, well, you already wrote that. So, yeah, I'm excited to read it myself. Um, uh, yeah, no, really, really good stuff. Weird slate for sure. I do say it. I'm excited. to. I'm, I'm going to comment on my own because my lineup, I changed like 17 times and finally walked into the wrong Ottawa. Uh, just, you know, just just real, real just stepping on the rake moment for me myself and letting it smash into my face and then turning around and stepping on another rake uh, with my slate. So why don't we go into this one? Let's just move right on. 11 games. We have Colorado at Boston, Montreal at Ottawa, Montreal on a back-to-back, Dallas at Philadelphia, Minnesota at Tampa Bay, St. Louis at Washington, Chicago at Buffalo, which was rescheduled from Wednesday to Thursday. I'm in Buffalo. I get it. Toronto at the Calgary Flames, who ended up uh, kind of winning it for you, <laughs> I guess, you know, but like not really, but that, that mm-hmm. game winning goal it cemented it weirdly. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, uh, Seattle at Edmonton, Nashville at LA, Arizona at Vancouver, and the Rangers at the Vegas Golden Knights. Anything you want to say before doing the ad read? Yeah, I mean, just a few things that I think we should be on the lookout for on uh, Thursday. Um, Seattle is there's a lot of open questions there. Uh, Vince Dunn, Beneers, uh, the chief among them. Uh, so no reason to expect either of those guys are back in the fold, but if they are, clearly things would change. Um, also keeping an eye out for the status of Sean Couturier. Um, he seems like oh, actually Couturier and Drysdale could play in this game. Um, so keeping an eye out for that. And then Nick Schmaltz, Jonathan Huberdeau, and I believe that's the rest. Uh, there's an outside chance Mirror Heiskanen returns, but I think he's traveling with the team on this road trip, not necessarily uh, ready to return for the start of the road trip. So um, there's some other stuff, obviously, that we'll cover, but those are the things that I'm certainly uh, you know, off the top looking out for on this slate. Other than that, uh, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings, uh, by the DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports winning partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please spell your responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. All right. Um, so, yeah, 11 games. Um, the first game up has a few of the higher-end pieces of the night as far as salary. So let's get into Colorado at Boston. Muted. Okay. You hear me now? I'm sorry. I literally yes. started talking. I was muted. Um, 
yeah, Colorado, I, I believe was pretty chalky. And um, it, again, it, it was a weird slate. Um, Miko Rantanen scores 23, two goals, and four shots. And it just didn't feel like enough <laughs> at his price. But it would have not, you know what I mean? Like you just couldn't afford it. Uh, I, I mean, Colorado, who, what, what won the $15? I know I'm thinking, I know I looked at it, but did Colorado even involved in that? Uh, definitely With, not the 15. No, right. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, so, uh, it's so weird to think about because I remember early on, I was like, Oh, Colorado could put this to bed, and they never really did. Um, yeah, no, they Colorado, Ross Colton, and, and Logan actually, yeah, okay, and Taves, okay, yeah. Taves, Taves, kind of, yeah, Taves actually, yes, nuked. I forgot about that part of it, but again, again, it's weird to think like this line was pretty freaking productive and it just again mccarr only got 10 it's not enough mckinnon only 11.5 you know two points didn't matter like it all of this is to say that i really don't think they're going to be very popular against boston i honestly don't respect boston all that much i think i'm much more inclined to play them um on this slate than i was to play them last slate uh, it just not much has changed other than they're playing clearly it, it's not as great of a matchup as Ottawa, but I don't think it's as bad as people will perceive it to be. Um, this is still a Colorado team that's on a long trip. They still just kept, you know, they still give up a ton against Ottawa. Um, and I mean, I knew it didn't, like you said, like he won you the slate, Ottawa two smashed. That's because he had like 40 shots, you know, against Ottawa. Um, this Colorado team is bad, but they're also all one dimensional with one line. So this game could be fun is my point. There could be reason for, a lot to go right in the DFS perspective and have McKinnon ranting in and McCarr cooking. So again, I could be talking to either side, but I really do like Colorado a lot. I'm just going to start there. What are your feelings on Colorado? And I've already kind of transitioned to Boston a little bit there and just was letting you know, like they're also a good play. Yeah. Um, so we're still on our Terry Lekkinen watch on the Colorado side. Uh, his return feels imminent. It should be by the 20th. So I think they just played the 18th and the 20th uh, on this road trip. So, you know, keeping an eye out for that. Um, with Miles Wood back in the lineup, he actually wound up playing, I believe, 16 minutes in uh, Tuesday's game. But he started on the third line. So, like, you know, the, the, the problem with Ross Colton that we talked about on Tuesday's podcast was betting on him was really betting on the power play one because Joel Kiviranta and Logan O'Connor are just simply not going to, uh, like, they're not going to generate smash outcomes all that often. And now, you know, LOC actually did put up a goal assist, two shots for 17.8. Didn't matter because Ross Colton had three. You know, he had no points on either of those goals. So, um, it is what it is, but I would expect Colton to be pretty popular again. And just because of that value in Colton and in Jonathan Juin still, um, and because, you know, the field will now be more confident in 4,600 Devontae's and 3,400 Sam Gerard uh, after their smash outcomes on Tuesday night, I think we do see Ranton and McKinnon pulled upward ownership wise. And I just want no part of this. I mean, Boston, uh, has recovered a little bit defensively. We've mentioned to the past few weeks that their underlings have been, you know, rather poor. Um, and, and they've normalized somewhat. Uh, it appears that Linus Olmark is healthy. So it's not even like we could argue that, you know, Jeremy Swayman's going to be ridden into the ground or anything because, you know, he's never really had a run like this where he's played three straight games for the Bruin. But there's a good chance that, you know, Olmark starts. 
And, you know, it's also been two days off for Swayman. So it's not like he's, you know, on, on a back-to-back or anything crazy. So I just don't really see the angle to saying that Colorado is really worth much of anything. Like, I get it. You know, uh, they're they're going to project really well. Um, I wanted to do something interesting because, again, we talked about this Tuesday, but um, we talked about how insane McKinnon's minutes were on Monday night. Can you place in order for me the minutes from Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon from Tuesday's slate? Uh, just any, Wait. you know, thoughts off the top. Like, how many minutes did each play? Um, order them. I, I mean, wow. I, I feel like I'm biased by the way you're phrasing this. Um, and I also watched a lot of that Edmonton game, and it felt like Matthews never left. I, I'm going to go Matthews, McKinnon, McDavid. Yeah, it was Matthews, McDavid, and then McKinnon. Um, oh, I went. I and, was, I was you know, to yeah, so... So the reason, you know, the reason that's interesting is that McKinnon projected four points better than Matthews and McDavid based on the projections I was seeing. I believe stochastic was the same way. Um, And I believe part of that was due to, you know, actually projecting that the coach would play Colorado one for 26 minutes a night. And, you know, I made it our TikTok for, for this slate. And I was like, this is not sustainable. No team has ever done this. It's just not happening, and it didn't happen. So I'm really curious to see if Nathan McKinnon gets just an outlandish projection again, or if that truly was like the projections just have no time for Ottawa, which, you know, uh, that very well could be the case. Um, But, you know, it it was just a little jarring because, you know, it's not like Toronto-Edmonton is like the most defensive matchup of all time. And seeing those guys in a matchup against each other projecting four points worse than McKinnon uh, was just wild. So... Uh, obviously neither one of them really did all that much. Um, they were very good. You know, they, they beat McKinnon um, as far as uh, fantasy output, but certainly no, no, none of the three were must haves. Um, and so I guess all that to say uh, I'm out on Colorado. I think he just McKinnon's being over projected for who he is as like a, you know, as a rates player, not necessarily an efficiency player. And uh, on the Boston side, I don't know, 5,200, Charlie Coyle, like, you know, we're getting good concentration in Coyle, Pasternak, Marshand, five on five man, the power play, but you need an awful lot to get there. And I think that they'll have their hands full chasing around McKinnon in this matchup. So I, I'm relatively out on this game personally. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I'm more on the Colorado side if I'm going to play it. Um, I, I just think people will stay away from Colorado a bit more, but again, maybe the, the Sims will jam them anyways but we can move over again uh you know ottawa was what you needed on on tuesday uh to win the big 20 or 50 i think it was 15 20 k the first that's what i meant uh brady line smashed uh the second line actually is not as it was last game uh batherson stutzel and now matthew joseph so same price as tarasenko doesn't make any difference as far as salary is concerned but ottawa could be a little bit popular montreal definitely can give up a lot of shots against they did just beat the new jersey devils just finished that game up uh, but now they're you know going to ottawa uh, yeah it, people will play ottawa tomorrow i i think that's certainly part of the situation you know ridley greg is getting really good run on that top line he scores two again another punt option uh, on this slate where there's a lot to pay up for so yeah i think ottawa is going to be pretty popular are you in on them though um, yeah, I mean, uh, with Montreal as the only team on the back-to-back, Ottawa's at home. I really see no problem going back to the well with the, uh, specifically the, the Greg, uh, 
Kachuk and Drew line. Um, it's not, I don't think it's at the top of my wish list, but it's certainly there. Like, I mean, the pricing on Brady just really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, we, like, to me, Brady Kachuk is very similar to Nathan McKinnon as far as his, like, range of outcomes. Like, you know, Kachuk can have a 11-shot-on-goal fantasy game. Now, that's unlikely to mean he scores four goals and has two assists, or, you know, whatever something outlandish that McKinnon could do. But, like, he is of that mold. And 7,600 in the best matchup on the slate, you know, home against a back-to-back Montreal team, um, I think that's really appealing. Um, so... I would probably try to just play that with Thomas Shabbat, just not really overthink things. Um, we've we talked last late about how Shabbat's like rates have been outstanding from a floor perspective. Uh, you're basically just hoping for a multi-point game with a block shots bonus, um, and that'll that'll do. So I think he can get that. I'm a little bit interested in Montreal. Uh, their pricing feels a tad low. Um, Cole Caulfield, 6,200. We know that he's got multi-goal potential. I would need to take a look at the slate more closely, but I have to imagine if you're trying to price out like, okay, which players are the most likely to have two plus goals in a game and sub, you know, 6,500. I I think Cole Caulfield would be toward the top end of that, uh, that list. And then you add in a matchup with Ottawa, you know, he sort of takes away from like Ottawa chalk, just if Montreal smashes here. Um, so I'm a little bit intrigued by Caulfield, Suzuki, uh, Matheson. Again, I think you just need to mix in Slavkovsky. He truly does seem to be a difference maker for this team. It's going to come and go from a fantasy perspective, but he is really looking the part as a quality NHL player. He's only 3,400 getting all the role as far as five on five and power play time goes. Um, so this is certainly a matchup I have interest in going both ways. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's not much to add on Montreal. That's correct. But they did just have a rookie score his first NHL goal. And, oh, well, that's really nice. But he actually had a ton of shots. And we were kind of talking beforehand about Joshua Waugh. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder because you did a lot of the research. Because, I, I, again, I was like, this guy looked impressive. Like, I, I you know, don't know a ton about him. He's not like a super prospect. But Joshua Waugh did have really, really good numbers. Um Five shots on goal. He only logged 12 minutes and scored. Again, obviously he scored. I already said that three times now. But you had some other notes on him. Uh, yeah, for sure. So he uh, does check in on this slate at 2,500 at the wing position. Um, the minutes will be a concern. But as far as prospect profile, he does seem to have been a late bloomer of sorts. Uh, he played in the QMJHL, uh, was a fourth or fifth round pick in 2021. Uh, but in his overage season in the in the Q. Uh, he was absolutely elite as both a shooter and a point producer, uh, over 1.5 times what you'd expect for an overager um, in shots and 1.9x the points, and which is just, you know, I don't have the actual numbers, but he had a crazy high point total. I'm, I'm certain of that. And he carried that through to the AHL uh, as a 21-year-old. And uh, so far on the season has, uh, let's see, 94 shots in 30 games i'm just pulling up the laval page again oh yeah 107 shots in 34 games there we go so just about three shots a game a point of game player uh in the ahl and again he's he's a rookie you know playing his first professional season um coming up you know if he's getting the shot attempts he's 2500 i would love to see more minutes or more certainty in his role as far as power play and, and whatnot um before i really feel confident 
but at 2500 I think it's a perfectly defensible way to spend um you know to spend down in order to spend up at other positions because we often see players who are in middle six roles that can score you know they're going to be 3500 4k and this is a player who's 2500 and certainly has some upside given his uh you know late bloomer prospect pedigree so uh, anything else in this game no we can get over to dallas and the flyers um so yeah uh so far we the first game boston and and uh colorado was a six minus 130 over didn't mention that um this you know montreal ottawa game a much higher total that we you know the six and a half minus 125 and then we get another six minus 118 on the over so the lowest total so far i think that comes at no surprise doesn't really feel like a game that has an incredible ceiling to it uh prices are high enough to probably convince yourself to stay away dallas changed things up uh i i alerted matt which i thought i saved his day because i thought he maybe changed his lineup and won that ticket because of me but he then pointed out that he didn't need me and he saw it on his own very rude he should have let me believe but with that being said wyatt johnson was johnston johnston was up with robertson and hints they had two goals um at five on five together really really good uh all around um yeah we don't know on the Flyers, as you mentioned. I think we're at the start on Gaterier yet, so keep an eye on that news as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I was, you know, I, I don't think I was shy about it in the Discord. I was pretty adamant of, like, look, I, we know that uh, the board hinted at line juggling, so that was to come at 8 o'clock, and then, we, you know, uh, we don't need to talk about him here, but Winnipeg uh, with the Velarde situation. So I was, like, very much so, like, just, you know, wait for eight o'clock and then build my lineup pretty much. And when I saw Johnston moving from Jamie Ben to a line with uh, Hints and Robertson, uh, you know, that was that was the meal ticket. I mean, I, I don't think it takes a genius to realize that Jamie Ben is a inferior partner to uh, to Hints and Robertson. So I was very happy to jump on that. I think I was the only player in the qualifier to go that route, which honestly was pretty surprising. Um, but in any case, um, you know, it's it's pretty clear to me that Wyatt Johnson is a budding superstar, just given his, you know, how good he was in juniors before making the leap right to the NHL last season. And making Jimmy Ben look competent, like, I mean, that takes an absolute superstar in my book. So um, that line comes in very fairly priced. The The Flyers at home is certainly not as good of a matchup as the LA Kings sort of struggling through a road trip, uh, playing on a back-to-back um, at the end of, I think, an eight-game road trip, maybe seven, uh, but some, you know, really long number of games. This is not that situation for Dallas. Um, however, Philly is looking perfectly average nowadays. And on this slate, there's not a ton of very attractive spots to target uh, with quality teams. And I think Dallas is a quality team. I think Hints, uh, Robertson, and uh, Johnston is a clear top target for me. Like, you know, no reason not to go back to that well. Um, and as a note, we saw normal power play units, which meant Ben and uh, Harley on the top unit for Dallas alongside Hints, Robertson, Pavelski. So expecting that going forward, but there is some possibility of, you know, nonsense afoot. 
Anything else yeah, yeah. on the Dallas front interest you? I mean, we did get new lines up and down the, the lineup. Yeah, uh, no. Um, you know, Wyatt Johnston, it really just everything about it is, is starting to feel more and more eerily similar to Nikolai Ehlers. And we see what he can do when the role gets increased, as it has been. Um, so, yeah, it made a ton of sense. You know, great play. I, you know, I, I felt sharp because I was like, oh, I'm going to bet him to score and bet him to get a point now that I see this change. Right. And it was like, I won a couple dollars myself, but uh, not nearly as much. I made a joke in the Discord. I don't think anyone laughed. So I made it again now, just so we all had a second chance to not laugh at it. Let's talk, I guess. Not, I mean, Flyers, are, it's kind of hard to talk about because if they are without Katerier, you know, connecting Tippett, I mean, Tippett had 10 shots on goal last game. But he was unbelievable. Um, with St. Louis hey, last uh, game. Would you say he hit the net? Yeah, he finally hit the. Yeah, he just was. I don't know if he ever could have missed. Um, I, I, yeah, it ruined me because I needed that one shot from connecting. Don't, yeah, don't need to go back. Um, so 16 minutes for Tippett, 10 shots on goal. Hard to argue. It's, it's a bad matchup, but no one's going to play him. He only missed the net once. So he had 11 shot attempts, 10 on net, scored a filthy backhander. I mean, Owen Tippett just absolutely rocks. Um, so I could take a look at it just. You know, if it is connecting and tippet getting that level of a role, it's there. It's it's something to you know take a second look, but it, it's not. You know, it, it's kind of it's going to be different for sure. Um, if it's all together with Terrier, I think then I might actually take an extra step forward towards that being a pretty good stack. But um, it was what Frost, yeah, right? And, yeah, it was, mm. yeah, it was Frost last game. Uh, certainly, if Couturier is back, that does matter for Dallas one as well. You know, Couturier, his results are certainly uh, superior to that of the other centers on this team. Um, so, you know, that is something I'll be monitoring and is probably meaningful. Defense-wise, um, there is an outside shot. Heiskin returns, like I mentioned, off the top, and it seems likely that Drysdale returns. Uh, Drysdale was confirmed missing due to illness. I'm not actually sure we have confirmation on what was wrong with Couturier, um, but again, you know, just just keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, that that's all I have. I'm not really interested in any depth pieces of either of these teams. I think they're too priced up for what they bring to the table. So uh, fringe consideration for Dallas too, particularly if Couturier is back and we sort of need the Duchesne line to pick up some of the slack against the middle six in uh, Philly, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So Minnesota at Tampa. Um, I believe we have not done any podcasts since Kuro Kaprizov returned. So, you know, if you're just checking in after a long week away or something, uh, hello, Kuro Kaprizov yeah, is back. I, I, yeah, I feel like we were like, wait, could he possibly return? Wait, they make it seem like it's possible, but there's no way, right? And then, it, yeah, he just did. So we were sort of like, hold your horses. It was Saturday, wasn't it? When we did the show on Saturday. Yeah. 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 And we were like, just keep an eye on it because everything goes into, you know, goes out the window if he's back. And yeah, so good to have him back for sure. Uh, definitely makes Minnesota more interesting to, to look at. And he's been great back-to-back uh, shot bonuses since returning. Yes, uh, and that is very useful because, one, they need offense. They need all the offense they can get, and uh, they also need someone we can rely on for fantasy purposes. So uh, they crushed the Islanders last time out, so would not expect anything to change here. Uh, Kaprizov, Rossi, Zuccarello, Boldy, Erickson, Ek, Johansson, and then their power play one was Faber, Boldy, Erickson, Ek, Zuccarello, Kaprizov. So 
uh, relatively status quo for these guys. Uh, Jared Spurgeon is not expected to be back anytime soon. So um, that feels like what we're working with going forward. Now, as far as the matchup is concerned, I don't have a ton of interest in picking on the uh, Lightning. Um, I will say that the reason Minnesota looks so bad in the expected goals index is that they're all atrocious without Kaprizov. Um you know, theoretically, I guess their offense could have been terrible since he returned because they scored five on the Islanders and they got beaten six nothing against Arizona. So like not two challenging teams to go up against, but ultimately, like, I think I'm betting on Minnesota being closer to league average going forward than like a truly awful hockey team. Uh, so I like their lineup. I like the configurations. It all makes sense to me. The only problem is a bet on Minnesota is a bet on Brock Faber. Um, and you know, that, that, that always, uh, is, is something I don't like to do because he just cannot keep getting away with this. Uh, so where do you stand on like stacking Minnesota here? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really know of a scenario where I'm not putting Brock Faber in at 4,500, just, you know, the blocks bonus is in play. He is shooting enough to make that feel fine. Um, you know, since Kabrizov returned, he's been his lowest shot output, but I don't think that's correlated as much as. You know, I look at, I mean, he should shoot less than Kaprizov, like on the power play and stuff. Like maybe there's something to that, but regardless, if, you know, if Kaprizov is who you needed on this slate, I think Brock Faber's probably coming along for the ride, but I think absolutely Zuccarello's coming along for the ride at 5,700. That just feels like that shouldn't be his price glued to Kirill Kaprizov. I, I could be convinced. I, I really, really could be convinced to take a look at Minnesota and it's not only because Kaprizov's back and maybe you're kind of getting a little bit early to the party on these players like Zuccarello and Faber who are underpriced. I mean, Zuccarello for sure. Um, but Tampa's defense is still Tampa's defense. Uh, Chernak didn't practice. So, I mean, may, maybe he's in, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, didn't, I would don't, think just it's no unlikely. idea. I would yeah. think it's unlikely as well. You know, Sergachev obviously is going to play. So it's just still a very watered down Tampa decor. Their top line is, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing, the whole show. I think they have a good enough forward group to be good enough. They, you know, they're fine defensively, but people will just be scared to play against Vasilevsky because whatever. Um, he's a sub 900 goalie this year. I, I don't know. You know, yeah. like. I think you you're playing Minnesota because they're going to be ultra efficient and Kaprizov could still get a bonus. So I'm in on Minnesota compared to everything we've talked about so far, like Colorado, Minnesota are up top for me. And, and yeah. What's that? Uh, yeah, that's valid. Um, I am not, yeah, I'm not thrilled by the prospects of Tampa either. Um, I still love Nikita Kucherov. He's not done anything wrong, but just pricing wise, you know, 9,800 is a whole heck of a lot. Um, and it's not like you get values alongside him either in 7K Green Point and 6,900 Steven Samkos. I think the one way to bet on this team is to include Victor Hedman in the stacks, but you know, again, he's 6,100. It's not the 5,400 that he was around Christmas time. Um, so, you know, these things matter. They add up. And Kucherov does not have the otherworldly shot profile that he had closer to the start of the season. He's now just a very, very, very good shooter. Like not, you know, not anything otherworldly, which matters at this salary. So I'm largely out. There's nothing depth wise that I have any sort of interest in. 
So let's keep this rolling on to St. Louis at Washington. Uh, DJ, we have an Alex Ovechkin update. What's the latest? Yeah, coach said, well, he blogged the full practice. And then afterwards, um, Carberry said that that was a really good sign towards him progressing towards playing. Uh, didn't give confirmation, but it sounds pretty good. I, I would say he's likely um, back, which is really good news. Uh, mainly for people that are enjoying the chasing history of Alexander Ovechkin. He definitely can't be missing games at this point. Uh, he's not scoring like he once did. And at 6,300, I could, you know, I am, again, I, I like to bet against St. Louis. I do it most slates. <laughs> I would say that I'm often very much considering the other side of the St. Louis matchup. Um you know, Owen Tippett just put 10 shots on goal against them, as I mentioned. So it's not as if they can't give up those those large games. I I, I have to see what Washington shapes up to be. I, it definitely throws a, a change that would not have Patch Ready kind of in the OB role anymore. And hard to know how I would play it, but I'm at least interested. I mean, 6,300 Ovechkin, I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's it's really interesting to think about what they might do with Ovi's return, especially if TJ Oshie is going to be like obnoxiously chalky, uh, like he was the other night. Now I that, that was against that was against Anaheim, and you know Oshie's been really good since he returned from injury. Uh, so like even including that bit of a dud, he still profiles okay here. Um, so it's not like he's a bad play, but I do wonder if like Tom Wilson has done enough to keep the power play role. Um, or if, you know, like you say, his patch is just going to be banished to the shadow realm and it's Ovi Strom Oshi and patches play second line, second power play type uh, run or even third line, you know, this LaPerriere role alongside Kuznetsov and Wilson seems to have patches name on it. So we'll see. Uh, we don't know for sure. Um, yeah. Just kind of a gross spot in my opinion. Like, um, John Carlson is a good play, but at 5,800, I, I think ownership comes along with it. And I'm just not sure I trust this team to have a massive upside. And, and that's my main concern. It's like, okay, you played guys who are 15% owned on 11 game slate. Uh, okay. You didn't play them. Like, do you regret that? And, and I just don't think the answer is like, yes, I regret that often enough to make it worth playing them at what I think will might be ownership. So uh, keeping an eye on things, if there's something interesting, if it's like McMichael alongside Ovi or, you know, something interesting like that, I could at least take a second look. Um, but at their current prices, there's just other mid-tier stacks that I like better, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's definitely not like a, a slam dunk, but it, I don't know. I, I do think it is. It's going to definitely be a game time decision at seven o'clock. Once we see the lines, we might get them early enough, but it, as of right now, this iteration of this team, you know, Oshi, Ovechkin, McMichael type of situation, like you're alluding to, like that all of a sudden isn't even really mid range. Like that's value. And until we know, it's going to be hard to make a final decision, of course, but I, I, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. Yeah. So, um, do consider that. You know, a last game, Washington obviously shut out the Ducks. It was very convincing. Um, you know, consider the opponent, consider they're on a back to back. Uh, over the last 10, Washington's been like the worst team in the league, giving up expected goals at five on five. So, this St. Louis spot is mildly intriguing. We know that production will come through, uh, you know, the sticks of Cairo, 
uh, Thomas, Bruchnevich. Do we have any new lines from them uh, that you're aware of? Oh, I know they've God. lost two in a row, which means, you know, blender time for, for, uh, for this team historically. And, you know, they did skate today and I don't think I retweeted it. So let me look really quickly. I, I was yeah. kind of queuing up my Colton Poryeko had uh, seven shots on goal and, and I was going to cry about how, like what's going on, but yeah, well, um, um, let me look at that first. He, okay. He, Pareko has been playing on the top power play unit. So yeah, I know um, there is, there is smoke to that fire. Uh, clearly he's a guy who like nearly averages the blocks bonus. Like he's, you know, he's bad. So he's going to be on the ice for a bunch of shots against, um, you know, you know, Ovi from his office uh, that's gearing up for the Pareko, you know, shots block uh, shot blocks vacuum. So that all makes sense to me. I think Pareko's in play at 4,900, you know, it's, it's a little bit gross, but um, I do think it's also worth considering Little. if you are stacking these guys. Yeah, so that they practiced Busnevich, Thomas, neighbors. Welcome back. <laughs> but no power play that I'm finding. Um, keep an eye out for that tomorrow. Uh Kapanen is to the IR. Hayes, Shen, Cairo, second line, and then I don't know. I mean, are you really dumpster diving on St. Louis? Hey, I think you've probably lost the plot at that point. But Jake Neighbors, you know, 3600. If he's on the top power play, okay. I, I'm yeah, and uh, even before the line jumble, he was on that top unit. So he was like the the fifth guy with Pareko, Thomas, Kyra, Bushnevich. So I would expect that unit to remain the same, uh, all things considered. So yeah, it's um, a good mid range. Yeah, it's fine. You know, again, Jordan Kyra's the heartbeat of of that. So it's a little bit like uh, you know, am I really playing four dudes on the power play one and not Kyra? But um, I also understand why you would do it. You know, Robert Thomas is very, very good. Um, so let's move on to the snow globe, uh, Chicago mm-hmm. at Buffalo. Um, you know, this, this game was not supposed to be here, but it's now here. So, uh, DJ, any initial thoughts on Buffalo? The city or um, yeah, uh, B- Buffalo absolutely sleptwalked to a three, nothing win on, on Sunday against the San Jose Sharks. Um, they had 2.8 expected goals. Just they played the Sharks. They got lucky. I, I don't know. Um, Chicago has, it seems like since the injury to Bedard, been a team that is just, again, very content to lose one to three. Um, they're not playing very exciting hockey, but I, again, I was kind of flipping back between this game as well. And man, they actually were looking really, really porous defensively. Like Zutterland finished with, I think, seven shots, on, eight shots on goal. He had like 10 attempts. And that's Sutherland. Like, I'm almost wondering if Buffalo won't actually be all that much factored in to to builds. Like, where, like, which team is like, which teams are coming out of that main core mix of, of what people are playing? Um, I don't know. They they had a practice on both like before the everything got shut down in Buffalo, so we didn't see lines. I definitely am keeping an eye out. Uh, last game it was Benson, Tage, and Tuck. Benson up on that top line, not top power play. You know, the top power play has been kind of cooking again with guys like Quinn being just very, very invaluable as well. Um, there's a lot on Buffalo to consider, and it is still a great matchup. I mean, like I said, Chicago's playing boring. They're not allowing a metric ton against, but I mean, Jack Quinn, 4,200, right? I mean, if Benson's on the top line, he's 2,900. There's definitely players in, in pretty good roles here that you could maybe one off, but everything 
comes back to Tage Thompson. Uh, the guy is back on track, in my opinion, as being a you know slate breaker at seventy seven hundred. So I do think I'm, I'm you know I'm I, I, right now like gun to head. I'm trying to play Buffalo one, Minnesota one. I think that's my current like top sacks. Um, but, you know, giving we'll, out the nuts we'll, early here. We'll go over it at the end. Do you think Buffalo is going to be ultra chalky? Is really the question I think has to be asked. I would, I would be shocked if they weren't just given Tage's prices sub 8k. They're going to yeah, have I among mean, the highest team totals on the slate, and there's value galore between you know uh, middle yeah. stat, um, the second line, all checks in cheap. Uh, Zach Benson 2900. Like, I I think all the, the makings are there for a chalky Buffalo spot. Um, but what's really interesting about this is, you know, uh, again, uh, without Bedard, I agree. They're playing like a less exciting brand of hockey. Um, they've, or sorry, San Jose has played 45 games this season. Tuesday night was the first time all season they've given a goalie the, the saves bonus, the 35 plus saves bonus. Like, I mean, that is a special brand of awful, especially considering San Jose was on the second leg of a back-to-back on the road. So, like, um, you know, it wasn't like they were score effects. It was a tie game for most of the most of the game. So, like, you know, Chicago was just awful. And what sort of makes this very interesting is when you look at the, uh, the index, they're allowing a below-average amount of expected goals and getting absolutely pummeled by shot attempts. I mean, they're one of the league's most shooty teams against you know top five top seven somewhere in that range uh yet they're above average in terms of the expected goals against so i don't know what that means you know buffalo has been fine we, we've talked about this many many a times they're getting a bit unlucky they're not really getting goaltending blah 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 um i don't think this means stay away from buffalo but it does have me mildly intrigued by like one-off type options just because like i think the bonus and a goal can get me there for the vast majority of these players now you know i want a little more from tage thompson for instance for 7700 um but you know these 4k wings like anybody like that i think the bonus and a goal is very much in the in the picture so they will be in my consideration for one-offs in particular um you know but stacking them's fine Darlene's fine like i get all of it uh chicago any interest in going back to the seth jones pain train i know uh i know you were tweeting through it yesterday but uh 10 shot attempts 29 minutes of ice time uh didn't even hit the shots, you know, the, his two and a half. He obviously did not nope. do anything for DFS either. So any interest there? No. I, yes, I, I think I'm, I am interested. I Am I going to have the cap to a 40 on this slate? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to happen. I was uh, just punching air as, as expected. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I thought he hit the post it over time. I, it must have gone off a player. I mean, it wasn't ruled to hit the post. I, mean, I thought he glanced at the iron, but it was just like, they, they again. I really think at this point they know he is probably their best shot on the team, and, and they were just I mean, setting him up on the power play. He's going to get there one night. It's going to be double bonus, two points, a goal. He hasn't scored one yet, but again, I do think it's all going to come together. And that's not to say he's a very good defender either. So again, even though he's in and back and all this stuff, like don't think that that should deter you in any capacity away from Buffalo because Seth Jones is playing like this team is very bad defensively, but they're just so boring that it's hard to find like, like I feel like the only way Buffalo, like, I don't know, they could just nuke because Chicago is terrible. I'm really back and forth on this game and this team of like what I want to do here. But I, I, I see Buffalo one in my future. Um, 
<laughs> I just, well, I don't know. It's hard. I, I feel like I feel like I'm equally like, no, Chicago's boring. Like, don't do this to yourself. Like, Chicago's gonna lose two to nothing, and you're gonna be punching air. I just know Buffalo and now Chicago are only gonna bring me pain. And and uh, we'll see. I think I have to let the prophecy fulfill itself and take the the die for everyone not playing chalky Buffalo one. Well, thank you for your sacrifice there. Um, moving on to Toronto at Calgary. I we saw Toronto uh, reinstall their top line of Matthews and Marner. Uh, with that came Pontus Holmberg, which you know um, is a choice. Pontus Holmberg mm-hmm. also played 18 minutes in this one, so like you know, while Matthews played 23, um, it's still an absolute choice to play Pontus Holmberg for 18 minutes. There's no two ways about that. Uh, but it does offer some decent salary relief uh, at 3200 Uh Calgary seems like they're going to be without Jacob Markstrom. They they called up Dustin Wolf, so it remains to be seen whether Vladar or Wolf gets to start here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Calgary is not a team that we're necessarily afraid of defensively. So uh, any interest in the Toronto, like either high-end pieces or maybe stacking the first line? I mean, this is the most affordable a Boston first line has been, or sorry, a Toronto first line has been in some time with Matthews, Marner, and Holmberg. Yeah, I I get it. I have no problem with it. And this kind of feels similar to me. Like, I really think tomorrow I'm just going to go into the Discord and say, what is ownership looking like for Toronto and Colorado? And if someone says, yeah, uh, actually no one's playing Toronto and everyone's playing Colorado, you, you idiot, or whatever they tell me, I don't care. I, I'm going to consider that other side. Like these are the two I'm kind of between um, as be- because there's just so much run concentrated between Marner, Matthews. And really, I mean, you didn't even say it, but we've said it a hundred thousand times, Morgan Riley as well as 6K, who double bonused and scored against Edmonton. Um, just continuing to smash uh, multiple slate breakers in his last 10. And yet it just feels like he doesn't get nearly the respect he deserves. Albeit he is an all-star and people are sort of, you know, whatever, but he is in Toronto. Who cares? Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. And again, like you have to make a decision on, you know, you can't play Colorado and Toronto. I don't even think it's possible. So uh, well, most of you are not playing Toronto one, but again, what are you doing? You've probably, you're not really doing it right at that point. Um, so I'm going to have to make decisions. Like I said, right now, like at my current iteration, it's kind of Minnesota Buffalo. But if I, you know, if it feels like Toronto one's going to come in, I don't know, sub 8%. Is that crazy to think could happen? Um, It's certainly plausible because I don't think Toronto is going to be a very large favorite here, honestly. Yeah. Like they're going to be a so, favorite, but I don't think it'll be like minus 200. Like the Sabres will probably be minus 250 here. Actually, we probably know. I mean, it, I don't know why I'm. It's a minus 125. It's a minus 125 on Toronto. Yeah, okay. A very small favorite. It's a six and a half minus 122. So the totals there, it's not a big favorite. You're right. Uh, you know, Buffalo is, um, yeah. you know, minus, minus 285. 285. It's a six total, but still, that's going to give their team total the edge. Yeah, I, man, I feel like I, I'm doing just somersaults on this slate already mentally. I, I feel like I, I felt like I was prepared and I was honestly prepared to say I'm not going to play Buffalo. And then I like convinced myself that maybe it was actually okay. And now I'm like, no, Buffalo might be wrong. I, I really might be Toronto. And like Colorado, it's probably wrong. Although I saw them at, you know, they're plus 120. So like I see them as not a favorite at Boston when I don't really 
you know, respect Boston that much. But maybe honestly, the answer all along has been Toronto, that that's the upper tier stack you should be kind of coveting. Um, and that's before we even get to Edmonton, you know, but I still think I like the Toronto a good bit. If it's going to come in around right. that 8% mark, um, I could on, be in. On the Calgary front, uh, we are monitoring Jonathan Huberto. He missed last game due to illness. Uh, if he does not play, works. we would expect Connor Zari to step up into the top power play. Uh, uh, Dylan Dubé slide into the Lindholm and Sharon Govich line. Um, so that means, you know, we have Calgary 2, the Coleman, Nanjapani, Backlund line. Um, you know, they're also there. They're nominally the, I guess, second or third line, but really they're the first line. They They get all the minutes, especially in tight or leading situations. So that really makes it sort of stack who you want. Um, if Huberto misses, I'm interested in Kadri and Zari just for some of the value that that offers. Um, but, you know, anything on Calgary you want to touch on? Uh, sounds like Huberto is going to play, by the way. He did practice at the optional skate on Tuesday, and they sent down, uh, I don't want to, Walker Dewar. You nailed it. How Walker Dewar. Dewar, yeah. Hardly know her. Um so yeah, I think Huberdo is back. By the way, uh, not not that I want to play him, but thirty eight hundred Jonathan Huberdo plays correctly. Um, maybe I mean yeah. I I'm okay. I, I again I don't think you have to overthink it with with the Flames. Like if you could play Kadri, you could play Sharon Govich, you could stack around either of the two. Um, that's just where the offense is coming through. Uh, you could play Blake Coleman and almost sink Matt's night. I don't know. It's up to you at that point. Uh. I, I mean, could you consider the idea of playing Kadri and, and Sharon Govich? I mean, say I that power so. play gets there. Yeah, it's tough. I, it's tough on this game. I, I, just, I just wanted to. Yeah. I don't see a path where those two players, like, are two of the top five scorers on the night. And, like, you know, if I'm stacking yeah. across lines to get a power play, like, that's sort of what I really want. And You're right. Um, Revenge narrative is Kadri. Why am I even talking? You just there play you awesome Kadri. He's easy. No, they're both fine. But yeah, I'm I'm more interested in the Toronto side of things here, to no surprise. All right. Seattle Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh again, we're we're monitoring Seattle big time. We're we're not sure what's going to occur here. I will just come out and say I really have no interest in any Seattle pieces. Um no. Edmonton is just too good. It's an 11 game slate. Riker Evans went from 2,500 to 3,300. Now he did play 25 minutes last game. He came close to double bonusing the old four plus two. Um, so he almost got there, but you know, 3,300, even with those minutes, I just don't know. There's a ton of upside in targeting Edmonton these days. So I'm, I'm out like that's really as simple as it gets. You can monitor news if you would like, but I don't know that you can really make any piece of news that makes me think any of these guys is like a canvas play. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty fair. 3,300 is definitely not 25. That is pretty significant. I don't know if we've mentioned any punt defensemen. I mean, we'll, 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 maybe we'll touch on that at the end, but I haven't really noticed anything like layering as far as that is concerned, but I don't know. Uh, whatever. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, on the Edmonton side, I, it's it's pretty easy. I mean, just probably play through McDavid. Drysaddle has been pretty good again. The the rates have come back up. The minutes have been there, of course. But yeah, seventy five hundred. I mean, could you could you be convinced? Or it's just tough with the correlations being kind of weird. I mean, Payne and Vogel are fine, but 
I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I could. Like, uh, obviously, Evander Kane and Fogel, like, they can get there by getting one point. Like, Fogel and Kane do have shot bonuses in their recent histories. Like, um, they, they're historically decent rates players. Evander's, like, clearly one of the best rates players. So, um, the line's cheap enough. The matchup is good enough. I think it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it, it's certainly something I'm considering. Uh, uh, McDavid is doing a little bit too much of the McDavid thing where he's shooting again uh, to where, like, I don't know how excited I am by playing a non-McDavid Edmonton line. Um, yeah. But it is much more difficult to stack Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, of course, than it is to stack the second line of Edmonton. So uh, certainly has its trade-offs, its benefits, um, but both lines are definitely in play. And if you want to spend up at defense, seven Bouchard, seven K it's, it's tough, but we know how he gets there. And it's, I mean, it kind of feels like there was a time and a place where Evan Bouchard wasn't, uh, you know, a stack only option, but I, I feel like, you, you know, if Evan Bouchard is getting three points, I'm guessing someone else is kind of breaking the slate alongside him. So uh, any thoughts on Bouchard at seven K? No, totally. That's, I mean, that, that's it. Like, you're not playing Bouchard as like, oh, I'll capture the offense this way. You're playing him as like a, you know, let's let's absolutely put our boots on the throats of our competition by just saying Edmonton scores all the goals and uh, here's a defenseman who has legitimate multi-goal upside. Um, so that's the main, you know, that's the main reason you would play Evan Bouchard in my opinion. So yeah, uh, three games left. Um, I mean, again, didn't really say much of anything on Seattle, but you know, you kind of mentioned not all that interested. They they really weren't that bad against the Rangers. You know, they lost five to two, but uh McCann was, you know, they scored both on the power play. Uh, you know, McCann and actually Justin Schultz, but only 11 minutes. Just want to kind of point that out as well. Um, uh, and there's just no interest in this McCann, you know, type of you no know, perfect. Okay. Uh over to Nashville and, and LA. Kick us off. Okay, so yeah, LA returns home. We talked about their uh, road trip. That was uh, pretty brutal. So that is informing some of these uh, Nashville numbers and by default, these LA defensive numbers, the fact that LA was on this tough road trip. So I'm not sure how willing I am to buy into the idea that you know this is the game of the night, that there's so much pace here, blah, blah, blah. Because um, Nashville's pretty fairly priced. I mean, Philip Forsberg is the same price as Kirill Kaprizov and like you know mm-hmm. like that's that's they're both on the road against relatively good teams maybe it makes sense but to me I just straight up prefer Kaprizov so that's sort of the, the first x on on my little you know mental chart um but the where I think this game does garner some interest is in the depth you know there's uh no guarantee that we are going to see the same lines from LA that we saw last game. Um, but Byfield is back down to 4,100. He should keep the power play one job. So like, you know, that's moderately interesting. And then we have Kaliev, Laferriere, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, all between three and 4K. So those are all players that I'm interested in. And then on the Nashville side, we obviously have our Colton Sissons. Uh, we even have, you know, Tomasino, Gurianov, dudes who are just, uh, playing with good rates uh, as of late and, you know, chipping away toward the 15 minute mark for common ice. It's, it's not special, but um, these are 
perfectly fine options to attack some of these higher end studs and you can get good correlations for very cheap prices so just keep an eye on what the lineup actually looks like um because again you know we could see cody glass draw back in and you know he tends to get offensive roles when he plays uh we could see Callio be scratched or you know something of the sort so like just you got to make sure you know you're on top of what's going on um but i am checking in on some uh value in la uh, particularly for this slate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that that is exactly where I was going to go with this is that there's value in LA. Um, that second power play of, you know, LaFerriere, Clark, uh, you know, that kind of stays together. Like there's, there's something to it. I mean, Clark 17 minutes, a lot of that was driven by the fact that second power play got some run, especially later in the game when they were already out of it. Uh, all four lines got scored on for LA. So it's not like there's one line that kind of, you know, throw the blame at, um, definitely just keep an eye on any changes. I think that they could be coming. They just, again, they've, they've really not been good as of late. So, uh, I don't know if there's one line for I'm what it's most worth, interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry for what it's worth. I'm expecting Jordan Spence to replace Clark. They've just been doing a rotation of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Totally possible. So, uh, whatever, they're both guys that have at least some level of upside with the second power play role, but don't get a lot of run. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you could definitely look at LA for a punt and, and feel just okay about it, uh, but definitely keep an eye on what the lines look like. I mean, Fiala is starting to get to a point at 5,600 where I, I'm going to start to buy. That that price is really nice as well. So I'm more intrigued on the, the LA side. I think they they could right the ship and, and get back on track and this you know 10-game mm-hmm flip is just what it is what it is but we can move on to arizona vancouver yes arizona vancouver um nick schmaltz is a question mark here he left the calgary game did not return so uh remains to be seen sort of what they do in his stead does that mean you know uh Jack McBain was on the line with Clayton Keller like does that mean just someone else slides up does that mean you know like that, that everything goes awry and it's, you know, Bukestad, Kraus Keller or something along those lines. I'm not sure. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty here. Uh, Dylan Gunther is now at the point we're at 4,500. I, I just, you know, it's too much too soon. Like I get it, you know, like certainly I, I love the prospect bandwagoning, um, but it just doesn't make sense on this large of a slate to pay those sorts of prices. And as a matter of fact, I think if you just want to bet on a talented prospect, like Logan Cooley, you know, certainly doesn't have the historical rates, but like 2,800 and he theoretically could benefit if Nick Schmaltz misses, like he could go into that top line. He could go into the first power play. Um, You know, this could be a classic sink or swim situation for the rookie. Um, So I'm interested in that. Otherwise, I mean, how are you feeling about Vancouver one, the Miller, Besser, Patterson line? Yeah. I mean, I get it. it. It's not a bad matchup, and that is their entire offense. Uh, I definitely see where it enters the equation. It, it's got to be up there just altogether as one of the more expensive stacks. And Quinn Hughes has no savings at 7,300. I mean, it's, it, it is fine. Like, I remember there was a time where we're like, man, the getting is good, and the getting is now on this Vancouver one because uh, it's going to skyrocket, and it just has, you know, over the past – month every one of these players has gone up like a thousand and it makes sense but you're buying the peak he's got to go all in because at this point Pedersen is not getting there by scoring one goal you know they need to break the slate and they do it all together so I, I'm not leaving a single one of these guys out of that equation 
Yep, uh, agree with that. And uh, just do not play Andrew Kuzmenko. I, I don't know. It just, people Pops. keep doing it. They keep getting burned, and they keep doing it. So just stop it. You stop it. Okay. Uh, what if it works for me? <laughs> well, then you would be the first. Congratulations. Yes. Um, last game of the night, Rangers and Vegas. Uh, Vegas will be without Jack Eichel. They will be without William Carlson. Um, they will be with Shea Theodore. It is a tough scene in, in Vegas these days. Um, they are a far cry from the Stanley Cup champions. They are a far cry from the team that blitzed through the opening 15 games of their season. Um, it is just a rough scene altogether. So that brings us to the Rangers coming into town. Uh, Trocek, Benajad, Panarin, Kreider, um, outside of Panarin, all those dudes, 65 or sub 7K, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you got to consider the Rangers in this spot. Um, we have not seen a ton in the underlyings for Vegas to note that they're like going to be terrible. Um, but the injuries are a lot and we know that the Rangers finishing talent is elite. So uh, how do you feel about the Rangers in this spot? Yeah, I, my only interest is really in the Rangers. Um, there is a couple of puns we'll mention on Vegas, but I, I could be convinced to go with that Zabinijad, Kreider, um, Kako, full line. Uh, it was very, very good against Seattle. It's cheap. Um, I get that Panarin is where the bus kind of, you know, he, he does drive it. And could you in theory even put him in? Maybe, you know, I mean, you're really getting up, up pretty expensive at that point. But Paco at 3,100 is maybe not going to last. I mean, he's not in the power play. He's not really shooting. So whatever. I think you could overstack the Rangers, but I think I'm kind of on the only overstacking. Like they just come into town and, and absolutely work Vegas. You could bring it back with a piece on Vegas there. Like I mentioned, there, there could be some punts here, but is there anything you wanted to say on the Rangers first? Um, Besides, you know, like I think you can stack the first line. You can stack the second line. I, I probably prefer the top line. Uh, like you said, just that the pricing on Kako, it's just, you know, way too cheap for uh, what he brings to the table as a thin play nonetheless, but still a top line exposed play in a good matchup. Um, I am interested in Jacob Chuba. He is $5,100. Like Vegas is a team that absolutely will get a ton of shots blocked. They, their D-men take a ton of shots. Uh, this is as cheap as we have seen Jacob Chuba all season. Oh, and I say the first month of the year, he was around this price or slightly lower. Um, but since November, this is the cheapest we've seen Jacob Chuba. And this seems like the perfect matchup. Um, he is the classic donkey that can go, you know, seven shots, four blocks, and assist, and just break the slate. Um, so I like I like those players. Um, Vegas is notorious for the shots blocked inflation. Now, does that mm-hmm. uh, apply to road players? Uh, the research <laughs> is, you know, the the book's still out on that, but um, yeah, that that's you know a player that I'm perfectly comfortable with one-offs uh any interest in vegas the only player that i'm really interested in mm. is pavel dorofia um, but mark stone sort of just stole all of this thunder lastly and i'm not really going back to the full line well myself i'll just throw it out there you know alec martinez it's pretty ugly at 5k like i feel like you're kind of you know you're spending all of it for five blocks but he's on the top power play I mean, could you consider him? Is there any world where yeah, you're like, sure. you know like, what? 
idea, okay. business idea. Uh, Martinez, Truba, just absolute donkey fest blocks off. <laughs> I, 14 the, combined blocks. The heeing and hawing would just be unbelievable. <laughs> I just, it would be insane. Uh, yeah, I can hear. No, I mean, again, like, I just, I, I want to mention it just because he's with Pietrangelo at five on five. The only pairing that feels good at this point, and he was yep. on the top power play. I mean, he just, he was, frankly, he was out there. Uh, make sure it sticks if you can, but it, you could do worse in this world. And I hate paying for blocks. It just feels like such a gross thing. He shot the puck before. I mean, he shot the puck that beat the Rangers in the Stanley Cup. They remember. Oh, wow. Yes, they Whoa. do. Okay, um, there you go. DJ's narrative of the night. Perfect. I think we just we just send it there. Top sex, guarantee goals. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I'm, I am going to stick to one of mine and change off the other. So I'm going to start with Toronto 1. Um, and I I think I will end up with Holberg. So I'll just do the the Marner Matthews Holberg. Okay. Um I will start things off with St. Louis. Let's go Robert Thomas, uh, Jake Neighbors, and Colton Pareko. I think you can fit in a high-end stack with those three. Um, you know, Obviously, consider Bushnevich for the 5-on-5 five five and power play. Consider Kairou for the power play. Um, but I do think that stack uh, will come in very unowned and has you know the, the uh, three-point upside that I'm looking for in three correlated players. Okay. Um, I will, I mean, I just, you know, I obviously spent quite a bit of my cap there, so I highly doubt I'll be able to put Minnesota in, um, you know, Capri's, let's just say, for example, Capri's off of Zuccarello. I think I've basically toast at that point. Um, but I was going to say it Capri's off Zuccarello in favor. And I think again, that is impossible. Uh, unless there's a 6,500 goalie it is impossible, but I'm going to stick with that for now. Cause I'm sure Actually, yeah, Buffalo is probably Buffalo one is well not Darlene. I'll just stick with that. We'll move on. All right. Um I I will grab the second line for Edmonton. You know, I, I gave the pitch on why it's a little bit, you know, it's obviously a little bit tough to stomach. Um, but I am particularly interested in the dry sidle Evander Kane stuff. I'm not overly sold that Warren Fogel is this player forever. Um, but the main reason I was hesitant on Evander with Ryan McLeod back in the lineup was that I thought there was a chance they sort of reverted back to their old lines where Ryan McLeod was the second line left wing. Uh, now that McLeod had the two goal or two point game, uh, basically two down the uh, mighty Leafs last time out. I, I mean, they clearly are a better team with him as their th- third line center. Um, so um, I'm hopeful that the coach knows that Evander Kane alongside Leon, um, let's get a little crazy and play Evan Bouchard with it. So give me Bouchard, Evander Kane, and Leon Dreisaitl. The last thing I'll note is that despite averaging only seven expected fantasy points over his last 10, over his last three games, when he's been on that second line, Evander Kane is up at 11 expected fantasy points a game with seven shot attempts per game. So, you know, doing Evander things alongside good players, sign me up for that stack, save a bit of money. Yeah. Yeah, Capri, I mean, Capri's off uh, over the three games since he's returned. Wait, is it two or three? I might be off on two. the number. Yeah, two. Let me let me just get the two. But he's been unbelievably unlucky. I didn't even realize it till now. Um, hold on. It's frozen. You know what? Let's just get to guaranteed goals. But just, just know that yeah. he's been back and he's been really good and he hasn't been rewarded. Yeah, he is. 
about fourteen point three eight expected fantasy points. He has ten point six five, so he is not getting much luck. And I say, fortune favors the bold. Well, what commercial was that? DraftKings, right? Was that DraftKings commercial? Shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings. I think it was. Could not tell. You know what? That may have been better GM. Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> Good pull. Good pull. All right. Guarantee people. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. I will lead things off with Mr. Brady Kachuk. Um, you know, as good as he was last late, obviously the ceiling's even higher. He only had three assists, you know, no goals were involved. Uh, he only had four shots. No bonus was involved. I say he hits the shots bonus. He scores a goal and he hits the points bonus in this matchup. 7,600 Brady is definitely too cheap. I, I almost want to repeat the one I did last slate. Is that breaking the rules? Absolutely not. Go ahead, Seth Jones. Lock him in. I'm going back to Chris Kreider. I, <laughs> okay, I mean, okay, dude, okay. like he's been so good. It's actually like I was, I mean, he had a great assist. I mean, it really was more of an than him, but he made a nice little play. But the Gustafson goal, I thought he scored. I thought he tipped it in. He was right there in front of the net. And he's just yeah, he's just gonna get a greasy one. I, I I'm buying back in. He's been all over the ice, shooting seven attempts per game over the last five as well, just firing pucks, not scoring. Like, I'm buying on him now. I don't remember his price on DraftKings, though, but I think it's like 62, maybe. Let me look. Uh, 63. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, okay, so we know that Huberto is back. So Zari gets a little thinner as a result. Uh, let's go with the other side of this Ottawa game. Uri Slavkovsky. I mean, you know, the role is just too good. Uh, the, the pedigree of a prospect is certainly there. Um, finally, you know, well, I shouldn't say finally. He's, again, looked the part for several games now. Uh, back-to-back games with a decent number of shots. Uh, you know, multiple shots. Uh, six and then two. Um, and that's really all you can ask for. Playing alongside little goals boy and Nick Suzuki. So give me Slavkovsky to cap off my guaranteed goals. I'm gonna go Jack Quinn, uh, forty-two hundred. Uh, so yeah, just just give me the easy, the easy pull here. I mean, you could go with Quinn, you can go with whoever, but um, okay. I think I'm, I'm sticking with the top power play because he was on one of the like. So it was like he was on the right, uh, flank. Is it flank? Is that the right word? You think? Yeah. 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 Yep, he's yeah. uh, roaming the Dylan Cousins role at the moment, which sure. uh, you know did well for him last year, and I think will serve Jack Quinn even better because I think he's slightly more dynamic of a goal scorer and a playmaker. So, all right, that will do it for us. Uh, just a few plugs to make sure you check out the newsletter I posted recapping the Tuesday slate that is on my Beehive. Uh, it's in the link of the show. It's uh, moods.beehive.com. Um, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to get in the Morning Skate Pod Discord. DM us, uh, you know, on Twitter. We're at Morning Skate Pod. I'm at Fake Moods. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchell ninety four. If you DM one of us, you can get the get the link. Um, and DJ, anything else you want to say before we close out the show? Uh, no, no, not really. Just subscribe to the Beehive. Join the Hive. I think Matt is the first person to ever use that term. Not Beyonce. It was actually Matt that used it first. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, follow me at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. Uh, if you like losing parlays by one leg, I will cook you up one every single night. And you can play the, the game of which one of these is the one that's not going to hit. And no one ever guesses. Um, it's always the one you least expect. But tomorrow I'll have more parlays. Can't wait.
Yes, uh, and I will be back in the great state of uh, Pennsylvania where I can uh, safely wager on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So looking forward to that. Uh, thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this show. That'll do it from us. Thank you all for listening. From Doug, from DJ, and from myself, have a good slate, everybody, and we will see you.